Jesus' teaching is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tackles tough issues head on. When we think of the wonderful things that God has given us, we know that the gift of Jesus Christ and the salvation that comes through Christ is the greatest gift humanity has ever received. Perhaps the second greatest gift humanity has ever received is this magnificent prayer called the Lord's Prayer. We easily forget that all of us were born lost and estranged from God. The miracle of Jesus' birth was the beginning of reconciliation. We sing, God and sinner reconciled. The story of Christmas is about God the Father forgiving all who come to him in full repentance, putting their faith in Jesus. Jesus teaches us the glorious truth that God forgives. But we must never forget that we who are Christians are called to forgive just as our Father forgives us. Well, here we are at the end of 2020, and there's been a lot of funny things said about 2020. I just want to share a few of them that I thought were really quite funny. And so here's the rating on 2020. It gets one star and it says, very bad, would not recommend. Uh, some of you have actually got some very fun and exciting things that have happened this year. Some of you as families have drawn closer together, but in all, it's been a difficult year. Uh, here's something else that I think is really funny. 2020 is a unique leap year. It has 29 days in February, 100 days in March, and five years in December. Great way to describe 2020. And here's my favorite. If 2020 was a cat, that's what it would look like. So there we go, a little bit of fun for the last Sunday of the year. Hey, we're all expecting that 2021 is going to be better. Let me just share with you a scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 to 15. It's, it's what we call the footnote to the Lord's Prayer. And it says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. All of us want 2021 to be a great year. And so today what I want to do is I want to talk to you about how your 2021 can be an absolutely fantastic year. And it can be summed up like this. You need to forgive everybody in your life. Everybody who's ever hurt you or sinned against you, you need to forgive them. And you will find a joy, a peace, and a freedom that you have perhaps never experience before. So this is the footnote to the Lord's Prayer. And we need to discuss this so that we understand how God works in our lives and we can understand how we can know God's blessing. We've talked about uh, a lot over the past four or five weeks about prayer. We talked about how not to pray. Don't pray like a hypocrite who's acting, who's pretending, who is trying to look spiritual trying to act spiritual for the praise of humans. Jesus says, don't pray like a pagan who is hoping, fingers crossed, that there's a God in the sky who hears him or her when she prays. 
Don't be like that. Repetitive words, hoping that with the abundance of words that somehow, some way, uh, if there's a God, that he will hear. Jesus says, don't pray like that. Remember, you're praying to your Father in heaven. He's your Father. He cares about you. He loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. If you don't understand that about prayer, then your prayers are probably hitting the ceiling and they're not getting anywhere. I want you to understand that today. You have a loving Father in heaven who loves you and cares about you, who wants to meet your every need. And if you haven't heard the messages on the Lord's Prayer, I would recommend that you go to our website and listen to the two-part series on, on the actual Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that I prayed for uh, over 30 years. I use that as my, as my outline or my agenda for prayer, and I recommend you do that too. But before we can leave the subject of the Lord's Prayer, we do have to look at this footnote here. Because in the middle of the prayer, Jesus tells us to pray, forgive us our sins or forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us, as we forgive our debtors. And then we go on with the rest of the prayer. But then Jesus adds this footnote. And by the way, if you forgive others their trespasses, if you forgive others their sins, their debts, whatever word you want to use, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is what we're looking at today. So, it's immediately obvious, looking at this passage of Scripture, that life is about relationships. And you've heard me say this many times. Many times, we, our, our life is about our relationship with God and about our relationships with one another. This really sums up the whole scripture. This is what Jesus said. And somebody asked him, what's the greatest command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Relationships, that's what life is about. And you have to, with the power and the strength of God, do everything that you can to maintain excellent relationships. And I'm going to tell you that sometimes all we have to do is forgive somebody to love them the way God wants us to love them. So let's talk about that. God calls us, we who are believers, we who have put our faith in Christ, he calls us to love everybody. As I was preparing this, I was reminded of a book that I read as a boy. Um, by Robert Louis Stevenson, written in 1886, and it's called Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a novel that explores the dual nature of humans. Dr. Jekyll was the nice guy, and then his alter ego was Edward Hyde. And in this book, which is, uh, which is a book that I think everybody knows about, or at least everybody has heard the, the term or the phrase, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we know we're talking about a split personality. And, and sadly, this really does describe us as humans so often. Now, the thing that we discover about, about God and his will for our lives is, is that he will not allow a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of personality. He will not allow us to live like that. You can't be nice by day and evil by night. Not if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. The evidence that you are born again, that you're converted, is that you are consistently walking in the Spirit, where the love of God is flowing in you and through you. God will not allow us to function 
with a spit, sweet, uh, split personality where we're sweet towards God and we're evil towards other humans. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how Jesus calls us to love one another. Before we talk about forgiveness, we need to talk about love because forgiveness is in fact the fruit of a heart that loves others. In John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus reminds us that if we love one another, the world will know that we are his disciples. This is the mark of the believer. We love everybody in our circle. The idea of loving one another, however, is sometimes difficult to grasp. I remember as a young man, I was listening to a preacher who was preaching about the difficulty that we sometimes have in our relationships. And he made this very startling statement that I found quite shocking. Even I, as a young, as a young man who's just starting the ministry, knew that what this pastor was saying was wrong. And here's what he said. He said, it is possible to love people, but not like them. That got my attention immediately. What on earth does that mean? So really what the pastor was saying is that we have to love people, but we don't have to like them. Now, if you follow that line of reasoning through to its logical conclusion, we would then have to say, again, remembering that we have to imitate our Father in heaven, we have to imitate God, we have to come to the conclusion then that God might also be doing the same thing. He would say he loves us, but he doesn't necessarily like us. Now, you, anybody with a brain in their head can see just how illogical this is. I would hate to think that God in heaven is looking down on this earth and he, he elbows the angels beside him and says, you see, Alan, I love the guy, but really, I, I, I don't like him. I'm not crazy about him. It's absurd, isn't it? If, you, if, you're, if you're loving somebody, then you're liking them. In fact, you're doing everything in your power to be Christ-like towards them. And I, I can tell you this, after studying the scripture my whole life, I know that God loves me and God loves all people. And I know it because he proved it by sending his son to die, not for just the people he liked, but for everybody that he loved. So think about that. Now, John, uh, one of the disciples of Jesus, here's what he said. He said, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. Again, here's the, here's the, the devastating logic of Scripture. If you claim to love God, then it follows that you must also love your brothers and sisters. Now, if you look at this passage of Scripture, and you look at that word love, it's the Greek word agapo, which uh, is, is, simply means I am loving. It's in the present active voice. Now, I love this fact. I love the fact that, that this word is in the present active voice because it reminds us of what we just learned in the Lord's Prayer. We learned about the dailiness of our walk with God. Jesus tells us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. It's present and it's active. It's something that we are doing now. Whoever claims to love God right now 
yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. You cannot say that you love God while holding a grudge or being resentful of others. We are actively, as Christians, we are actively living out our faith today and right now. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here yet. Matthew 6, and Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 34, don't even think about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got a lot, enough problems of its, of its own. If we learn anything from Christ, it's the dailiness, it's the nowness of our faith. It's active, it's something we're doing, and it's in the present. So, here's a question that all of us need to ask ourselves. The question we must constantly be asking our Father in heaven is this, Father, what do you want me to do right now? I want you to see that. It's what we do and it's now. This is what we call habit number three, a moment by moment holiness. We're living out our Christian life right now and we're doing God's will every moment all the time. And here's what we know Jesus wants us to do. We know that Jesus wants us to love each other as evidenced as proven by the forgiveness that we give to others. It's beautiful. There's no other religion like this. There's no other faith that has this high standard of love. And so Jesus tells us to love. God wants me to love him with my whole being. And the way that I love him with my whole being is by loving my brothers and sisters. Now, how do I do this? Well, love always begins with imitating God. I want to share with you something that we studied back a few months ago in Matthew chapter 5. Remember, the very first chapter of the, Lord, of the Sermon on the Mount is in fact Matthew chapter 5. It began with the Beatitudes. And we read further on in the chapter, Matthew 5, 46 to 48, and here's what Jesus says about loving others. He says, if you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, Jesus says. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Powerful words. And what does that mean? Be perfect. Well, to be perfect as God is perfect is to love others as God loves them. Now let that sink in for a moment. Are you prepared to love everybody in your life the way God loves them? It's easy to love people who love you. It's easy to love people who are kind to you and say flattering things to you. People give you things, it's easy to love them. But what about the people who don't know how to be nice. People who say nasty things, hurtful things. God says we need to love as he loves. Some ancient pastor said that we are never more like our loving Heavenly Father than when we forgive as he forgives. Those are powerful words. You and I are called to imitate our Father in Heaven. And I'm going to tell you, the evidence that you are in fact born again, the evidence that you are converted, that you're a Christian, the evidence 
that you're going to heaven someday is that you love as God loves, that you forgive. So let's go back to that, to that passage of Scripture. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses, your sins, your debts. This may very well be one of the most impossible things that Jesus tells us to do. And I'm going to tell you, as I've said before, with humans to live this way is, in fact, impossible. Every one of us knows what it is to hold a grudge. Every one of us knows what it means to feel a sense of anger and rage and bitterness, feeling like there's no way we can forgive. But each of us also understands that God has forgiven us for things that we have said or done. And some of us have really gone through some very, very difficult things and have really rebelled against God. Now think about this. If God can forgive you for what you have done, how much more should you and I be forgiving others who have sinned against us? Forgiving is not always possible in human strength. But the good news, and this is what Jesus told his disciples, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. The Christian life, my friends, cannot be lived in your own strength. This is why Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. This is why he gave us the Holy Spirit on, when he ascended into heaven, he said, to his disciples, you just have to wait till the Holy Spirit comes, and then you'll have a power from on high, and then you can go and live this Christian life. Folks, that's the promise that is ours. So when Jesus tells us to go and forgive others their sins, you can do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do it in your own strength, but with God you can. Jesus wants us to understand what he means by forgiving others. And he tells a parable in Matthew 18, 23 to 35. Let me read it to you. Matthew 18, 23 to 35. Therefore, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven, Christ's kingdom, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought, in him, brought into him who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt, to pay, to pay for the trespass, the sin. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and he forgave him his debt. But when that man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars, and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. Humans are so fickle. This is exactly the kind of thing that we would all do. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me, and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor, couldn't wait and wouldn't wait. 
He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him. He told them everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man that had been forgiven, the millions, and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And that, Jesus says, is what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your very heart. Jesus makes it clear to us here that there is no forgiveness for the one who does not forgive. If you want the forgiveness of God, then you need to forgive others. If you do not forgive, then Jesus tells us clearly, you will not be forgiven. It's no wonder that so many people live their lives from day to day with a heaviness on them, a depression. They're bogged down by, by this heavy burden called a grudge, called bitterness, called unforgiveness. And I think we all know, don't we, that as long as we're holding a grudge, as long as we are not forgiving others, that God can't forgive us. If you want to be free as you go into 2021, if you want to have great joy, then you need to forgive everybody in your life that has ever hurt you or sinned against you. You need to take the time to say, God, I want to let it go. Some of you may have forgotten. You've pushed it aside. You swept it under the rug, as they say, and you maybe have forgotten that you're holding a grudge. Why don't you start 2021 with a clean slate. Make up your mind that you're going to forgive everybody who's ever hurt you. Hey, I want to tell you this. With a person who is holding unforgiveness in their heart, for the one who refuses to forgive, that's evidence of an unrepentant heart. That's evidence that we do not see what God has forgiven us. Show me somebody who's quick to forgive others and I'll show you someone who knows how much God has forgiven him or her. That really is the great evidence of understanding, of knowing that your sins have been forgiven. When you can forgive others, it means you know how much God has forgiven you. I'm gonna go one step further and I'm gonna say this to you. If you can forgive others, it's evidence that you are, in fact, born again. It's evidence that your destiny is heaven for the rest of your life. Now, think about that. If you are not forgiving others, it probably means that you're not born again yet. So I want you to come before God. I want you to confess your sin to the Lord. I want you to ask God to forgive you and watch what God will do in you by his spirit. He will give you a freedom and a liberty and a strength from on high. It's all very supernatural. There's nothing in your own strength. And God will enable you to forgive all those people who have hurt you. 
from the day that you were a child till now. Be free. Take hold of this gift that God wants to give you of a clean heart. Wow. When I think of what God has forgiven me, I can tell you, I can forgive anyone. So what does this passage of scripture teach us? Well, it teaches us two things. First of all, it tells me whether or not I'm converted or not. And I thank God that I can say to you that I know that I have forgiven those who have trespassed against me. Oh, there's times when, when Satan rears his ugly head and reminds me of ways that people have hurt me. But it's in those moments I have to run. I've got to flee to God and say, God, please drive Satan away with his ugly words and allow your love and your, and your, and your goodness to flow through me. I don't want to ever hold a grudge. And God will do that. So it tells you whether or not you're a Christian or not. And the second thing it tells you is how you need to live every day. So remember what I said. We, we said that it's, it's present active. It's now. It's something that you do now. So right now, if somebody is hurting you and offended you, somebody's taken advantage of you, let it go now, today. It tells you what God has done in your life. You're you've been converted, but it tells you how to live from day to day. Remember, Father... What do you want me to do now, today, while it's 2020? Don't wait till next year. Never mind, never mind uh, a New Year's resolution. I was going to say revolution. Never mind a New Year's resolution. But do, but do begin a New Year's revolution by asking God for the grace to live like this, forgiving everybody who sins against you. Asking God to help you never hold a grudge. Here's what you need to do today if the Holy Spirit is showing you that you're holding a grudge. Because some of us, as I'm speaking right now, the Spirit of God is showing you people that have hurt you. People that you're feeling a little bit annoyed at or angry at. Maybe bitter at. Maybe you're angry at your kids or your spouse even. I can't imagine living under the same roof as somebody that I was angry at. You need to let it go right now. So here's what you need to do. Number one. Stop whatever you're doing and go and make things right. Forgive a person, ask for forgiveness, but do whatever you need to do. Jesus tells us that, doesn't he? He says, if you're coming to the place of prayer and there, remember that somebody's got something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go and make it right. Go get it fixed up and then come back and continue to worship God. Hey, you can't worship God if you're holding a grudge. If you think you're worshiping God while you're holding hatred in your heart, you are a big actor. You're what Jesus called a hypocrite. You're pretending. You cannot worship God and hate people. You are playing a role. You're playing at religion. It's not real. You're living a lie. You may be able to fool others, but you can't fool God. The second thing that you need to do, if you realize right now that you're holding a, a grudge, is you need to make up your mind right now, you're never going to talk about it again. You're going to leave it go. We had, a, we had uh, someone come to this church two years ago for the first time. And when, the first time I met this person, they shook my hand. They said, how much, I, Pastor, I enjoy your messages. And you're a much better pastor than the pastor I had before. 
Well, you'd think that a pastor would like to hear this, but what, I've been at this long enough to know that if they're saying that about the old pastor, it'll be just a matter of time before they start saying that about me. So I listened on, and uh, this, this person was telling me how terrible their last pastor was. And here's what I said. I said, this is what you need to do if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You need to forgive your pastor. And by the way, the things that that pastor did were, it really, they, they were horrendous things, really terrible. I said, but you need to let it go now. You need to forgive that man. You need to commit him to the Lord, and you need to pray for him. And, and finally, I don't ever want to hear about this ever again. Hey, we're, 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 we've all been there. We've been hurt, and we love to talk about it. I'm, I'm the worst offender. I know that I can do that. But I think most of us are like that. We've been hurt, and we want to talk about it and talk about it. It's, you know, push play, and then rewind, and push play again, and then push rewind, and push play again, and we keep on going around and around and around. Let it go in Jesus' name. Let it all go. Stop talking about it. The third thing that you need to do is you need to start praying for that person. You need to start praying for that person who has really hurt you. You forgive them, and then you pray for them. Jesus says in Matthew 5, which we reviewed already, Jesus says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What are you going to pray for? You're going to pray that that person who has hurt you, you're going to pray that they become a Christian. And secondly, you're going to pray God's blessing upon them. That sounds really strange. In fact, it doesn't sound normal. Well, it's not, because we're talking about a supernatural way of living. So you're praying, God, save that one who has hurt me. God, redeem them. Even Jesus, hanging on the cross, being, being crucified, looks down at these people who are jeering him, mocking him, screaming, shaking their fists at him. And he says, what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This is what Christians do. This is what it means to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. And then finally, what you need to do is you actually need to bless people who have hurt you. And you need to do good to them. Again, you can't do this in your own strength. But I'm going to tell you, in the power of the Holy Spirit, you, you can and you must Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 28, but to you who are willing to listen, and I'm saying that to you, you who are willing to listen. Some of you are going to dismiss what I'm saying. Ah, I don't believe this. It's not for me. But that's okay. But to you, Jesus says, who are willing to listen to what I say, love your enemies. That's right. Don't hate them. Forgive them. Love them. Do good to those who hate you. Do good things to those people who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. Hey, over the years, I have been hated by a number of people. It seems every year there's somebody uh, or, or one or two people that, that get angry at Pastor Allen. So what I have to do as a pastor, as a Christian, is I have to let it go and I have to practice what I preach. And I need to stop what I'm doing and make things right. Then I need to not talk about it anymore. And then I need to start praying for that person. And then I have to go out of my way to somehow bless them and do good to them. There's, I remember one lady, this goes back a lot of years. Uh, one lady, she got very angry because she felt that we were not giving her children 
the opportunities that other children were having in the church, for instance, in the church play. And for some reason, it was all my fault, and uh, they were angry at me. So I, I asked for forgiveness. I said, look, uh, if this happened, I, I want to take responsibility. I apologize. I'm so sorry. But that wasn't good enough. She wanted blood. Um, and, uh, and the fact is, is that, is that there was no blood to be given. <laughs> but I, I tried to be kind to them. I, I continued to reach out to them. I tried to, to help them. I remember one time I was in a restaurant and she happened to be the waitress. I didn't even know that she was a waitress there and she was actually waiting on our table and it was instantly uncomfortable. And I just prayed, God, show me what to do. And so I, I, I felt the spirit of God telling me to give her a big tip. And so I did. I gave her, for that time, it was a lot of money. Uh, just because I knew that she, she had a large family. I knew that she was struggling. I gave her the big tip. And she took it. And I ended up going back to the restaurant a few times, and she always took the large tip. But she never forgave me. She never could get over the fact that she felt that we weren't kind to her kids. Well, the fact is, folks, is this happens all the time. I ask for forgiveness. And then I try to do everything I can to bless the people who have, uh, who, who hate me, put it like that. And look at all, it's, I'm not the only one. All of us have had people hate us for whatever reason. Here's what, here's what Paul tells the Roman Christians. He says, he says, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Wow, this is real Christianity. And this is a Christianity that is lived out in the power of the Holy Spirit, where we are forgiving others their sins, forgiving their trespasses, their debts, so that our Heavenly Father can forgive us. You see the beauty and the wonder of our Christian life, a life that is in Christ. Jesus lived like this. When Jesus rose from the dead, you don't hear him once complaining about those who crucified him. You don't find him cursing them. You don't hear them, Jesus uh, holding a grudge in any way. No, because he understood that what he went through was according to God's will and God's plan. Let the Spirit of God speak to you right now. Whatever difficulty you may be going through with others, this may be exactly according to God's plan and His will. And you're going to believe and pray that God's will would be accomplished. But the only way that we can seal the deal is if you will forgive people their sins. And I've got some really good stories to tell. I haven't got time to do it right at the moment. But there's people who have been angry at me, who have hated me, and I've been kind back. And it wasn't long before they came around miraculously, and we are best friends today. And God used that difficulty, God used that struggle to advance his kingdom, to advance his will. If Jesus can forgive those who crucified him, how much more can we do what Jesus has called us to do? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. We're living here the way Jesus lived.
Back in the 13th century, I'm going to close with these words. There's a man by the name of St. Francis of Assisi. And here's the prayer he prayed that sums up beautifully what I have just shared with you today. He said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. Where there's sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in forgiving that we are forgiven, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. I pray that you will be set free and you will have the best year ever as you forgive those who have sinned against you and you'll know the flood of God's love flowing in you and through you. And you'll be just like your Father in heaven who is perfect. I invite you to soar. I invite you to be free as a bird, liberated, and it all comes through just forgiving others their sin. Let's pray. Father, we're praying in Jesus' name that your will would be accomplished in our lives. We pray, Father, that you would give us the grace and the strength by your Spirit to forgive everybody who has ever sinned against us. And help us, Father, to do what your word tells us to do. Help us, oh God, we pray, to stop whatever we're doing right here and right now and make things right. Secondly, Father, help us, we pray, to never talk about the offense ever again. Help us, Lord, to start praying for that person who has hurt us and offended us. And finally, help us, God, to do good to these people who have hurt us and to even bless them. Because that's what Jesus tells us to do. And we thank you, Father, for 2020. And we thank you for the year ahead. May your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Happy New Year.